Now you've done it. You've downloaded the House Call Doctor's quick and dirty tips for taking charge of your health. I'm Dr. Rob, and this is my podcast of indeterminate length. Treat it gently. I have to tell you that I'm really thrilled with the reception that this podcast has gotten. Thanks for listening, and keep spreading the word. For you doctors out there, feel free to tell your patients about it. I write this with the intent of answering questions my own patients frequently ask. Now it's disclaimer time. I do this every podcast so regular listeners can join in if they want. This podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Very good. Maybe I'll put it to music in the future. Today's question comes from Rich, who seems a little nervous. He's turned 40 and wants to know about getting a physical. Men who turn 40 get nervous when thinking about physicals. Rich wonders what questions he should ask when he has a physical and what information he should walk away with. How can he make sure he gets his money's worth out of his doctor's visit? Speaking of money, if you're looking to seriously reduce your monthly bills, refinancing your mortgage may be one of the best ways to do it. This is just one of the tips in the new Quick and Dirty Tips audiobook, Money Girl's 10 Steps to a Debt-Free Life, by Laura Adams. You can get it now on iTunes or Audible.com. Let me dispel a myth about routine physicals. They are not magical. Having a yearly physical is not the most important thing you can do for your health. I'm not angry with my healthy patients who don't come in every year so I can embarrass them. People don't need to have a gazillion lab tests drawn every year to prove that they're healthy. Sound radical? Let me explain. On the Cholesterol Podcast, I explained that, as a patient, it's very important for you to know your risk. I used the analogy of people living in Florida needing to watch out for hurricanes and preparing for them in case they come. But folks in Idaho don't need to stay glued to the Weather Channel, unless they like that snazzy music during the local weather thing. The same is true with your health. The main benefit of getting a routine physical is not that your doctor pushes on your spleen or orders a bunch of tests. It's that you sit down with your doctor and review your risk factors, figuring out the big picture of your health. So when you do sit down with your doctor, what things should you be discussing? What things determine your risk? First is heredity. If everyone in your family has a heart attack when they're young, it's smart to worry about heart disease early. If they all live to be 100, then not so much. Discuss the significance of these facts. Some diseases are more significant to have in your family tree than others. Colon cancer, for example, has a strong genetic link, whereas leukemia is not as clearly genetic. The second area is lifestyle. Do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you spend time in front of the TV eating cookie dough ice cream? Do you work around asbestos or lead? All of these facts need to be discussed because they can affect your health. Third area is your medical history. Diabetes, high blood pressure, past history of cancer, or prolonged use of certain medications will play a big part in determining what has to be monitored or watched out for. And finally, age and sex. People in their 20s are more likely to die from accidents than they are cancer. Men have heart disease earlier than women, but women are more at risk of breast cancer. You can make your visit more fruitful by doing your homework beforehand. Be ready to share any changes in your family history, any new allergies or medications, including over-the-counter, and any changes to your lifestyle. 
Also look at the latest preventive medicine guidelines so you'll know what to expect and what questions to ask. I'll put some links to these guidelines at the end of the show notes. So what's the next step? Well, usually your doctor makes you get naked and put on a paper gown and then leaves you to shiver in the exam room on the table for 10 to 20 minutes while he gets his stethoscope out of the freezer. Seriously, the next step is the physical exam. To be honest, the physical exam is probably the least important part of this entire process. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be done, but a good history and discussion of risk factors is far more important than a thorough examination. The most important parts of the exam are blood pressure, weight, breath sounds, and heart exam. Women, of course, get their own special exam. Finally, the preventive medicine is done. This is where you get stabbed, poked, and sent off for embarrassing tests. Some people feel like they've only gotten a good exam if they have a lot of blood tests and procedures run. Money's the only thing in the way, right? Wrong. If I did a routine electrocardiogram or EKG on everyone, including low-risk patients, I'd cause lots of trouble and probably not prevent serious problems. An abnormal EKG on a healthy 20-year-old is unlikely to represent anything significant. It's more likely to be an error in testing or peculiarity of that person. Beyond the worry I cause is the further testing they must go through to show that they're just fine, which is what I basically knew before I did the EKG. It's not just a waste of time and money. It could eventually lead to risky tests. So a test should only be done to someone when the benefit outweighs the risk. An EKG every few years on a person with high blood pressure or diabetes is much more likely to identify hidden problems than doing one on low-risk people. The same is true for running blood panels and even parts of the physical exam. Everything should be done with a purpose. It's much better to know what your target is, what problems you're trying to diagnose, than to shoot blindly and hope you hit it by chance. These are the preventive medicine procedures that I think are most important. First is cholesterol. I explain this in detail in my cholesterol podcast. This should be checked every three to five years unless you're at high risk for heart disease. The second is blood pressure. It's probably good to have this checked every one to two years. The third is cancer screening tests, including pap smears and mammograms for women and prostate cancer screening tests for men. Colon cancer screening tests should be done for those people at risk, which includes everyone over 50. The fourth set of procedures that need to be done are immunizations. Immunizations against tetanus, shingles, pneumonia, and other diseases should be done according to the recommended guidelines. And finally, you should discuss ways to change your lifestyle to reduce your future risk of disease. The earlier you make changes, like quitting smoking, the bigger the benefit. One additional thing. If you have tests run by your doctor and don't hear the results, don't assume no news is good news. You should always find out the results of any test that you have done and what those results mean. The good news is that people like Rich, who are pretty healthy, are going to have less frequent and more boring visits to the doctor. Believe me, boring visits are okay. You don't want to be an interesting patient for your doctor. So, here's my answer to Rich's question in a nutshell. You should walk into the exam room with accurate personal information. Then discuss the significance of this with your doctor and learn your risk. Your doctor should then examine you and order tests to address these risk factors. And finally, you should always walk out of the exam room with a plan to prevent disease or detect it early. Maybe someday we'll get one of those full-body scanners they have on Star Trek so that they can prove that we're healthy. But as of now, we have to use that boring thing called common sense. I hope this answers your question. 
And if you have questions you want me to answer, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or call area code 206-337-5895. If you Twitter, my username is housecalldoc, one word. And I also have a Facebook page under housecalldoctor. And of course, you can always find me at my blog, Musings of a Distractable Mind at distractable.org. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.